Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. What is up, you beautiful people? I hope life is treating you well. Yes, it's Red Adidas hoodie. I read Adidas t-shirt today. And you know what? You've seen this t-shirt before, but you haven't seen this t-shirt before. This is actually a new one. I got two of the same ones again today in Sports Direct, just because. Um, But yeah, red t-shirt today. You were right, Josh. Well played. So look, I hope you're all well. It's been an eventful last 24 hours, to say the least. And there is a lot for us to go through. So... Relax as always, easy, and then we'll get there. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was sitting there earlier on today and the hours wouldn't pass quick enough. I was dying to come on for a chat with you all. And I'm here and I'm loving it and I'm delighted to be here. But yeah, look, let's get into it tonight because just as I was coming on, I started to see some stuff about Tiago Alcantara and a uh, little bit surprising, honestly, a little bit surprising. We'd heard some murmurs that maybe we'd be open to moving Tiago on, but there's been a pretty blunt statement put out by one outlet and I'll get to that in a moment. Craig always makes my day with his streams. Thank you, mate. So look, let's get straight into Tiago first and foremost. So Sports Zone, if you're on Twitter, you'll you'll have seen this. They said, we understand Thiago Alcantara is not part of Jurgen Klopp's plans. Uh, Al Al Arabi uh, is trying to convince him to join the club and play with his brother Rafinha. Didn't know his brother was there. Uh, He's the main target of Al Ali for the midfielder role since Modric declined the offer. And then there's some talk about him maybe going to Barcelona and I think Galatasaray. And on top of that, Steven Gerrard is apparently willing to try and bring him, Mane and Coutinho to the new job that Steven Gerrard has just taken up and accepted the role as manager of Al Etifak. So loads to get through. And that's before we even touch on the Romeo Lavia um, and Kefren Thuram stuff. And I have an update on the centre-back situation. I mean, it's not an update you're particularly going to like, but it's an update nonetheless. So sit back and let me know where you want to start tonight. Because there's a lot to be spoken about this 
this Thiago Alcantara situation. And for me, look, 10 million off the books is a lot. And if the manager genuinely doesn't know how much game time he can give to Thiago, and if Thiago wants to move on, I mean, I wouldn't be against that. And I've said this right throughout the window. I wouldn't be actively looking to kick the man out of the club. But if this report is true, and if Jurgen Klopp has indeed come to the conclusion that he doesn't feel there's many minutes available for Thiago, you know, footballers' careers are short. Maybe Thiago will look at the situation and go, okay, I wouldn't mind another fresh challenge to finish up my career. Be that back to Barca, Galatasaray, or perhaps over to Saudi Arabia. I don't know. But it would give us some scope. I wouldn't be expecting much of a transfer fee, to be honest with you. But as I said earlier on, that 10 million a year wages, that, that could you could do some damage with that if you're going to look to bring in a new player. And dare I say, it looks like we could really be trying for two. Now, Fabrizio Romano says one more, or maybe at least one more, but nobody seems to be able to really differentiate between the levels of interest we have in Kefren Thuram and Romeo Lavia. It seems to be a bit of a mixed bag as to which one the club are prioritising. Now, each one has its own drawbacks. Let's look at Kefren Thuram for a minute. So we knew, obviously, of Newcastle's interest in him, but it seems there's a new club coming to the table, and that's Bayern Munich. And whilst I feel like we can absolutely make a pitch to Kefren Thuram about why Liverpool's a far better destination than Newcastle. Bayern Munich are a well-worn club. Bayern Munich are a club that, let's be honest, you'd be proud to play for, much like Liverpool. Look, I'm not saying you wouldn't be proud to play for Newcastle, but it is a logical next step for a player. So if they're in for him, and then we look at the Lavia situation, and we know that Arsenal are in for him, although there is conflicting reports in their interest. We know that Chelsea are in for him, although I think they're wanting Caicedo. Um, it's really interesting to see which one's the priority for Liverpool Football Club right now, because the truth is, I don't know. I'm just reading, looking, trying to find out. And I also don't mind. I'd love both. Oh God, I'd love both. But I don't think both is going to happen. Now, I did say I had an update with you guys, for you guys, about the centre-back situation. And it was an update you weren't going to be overly happy with. Basically, from my... Uh, Understanding, I don't believe that Gonzalo Inacio from Sporting is high up on the priority list for Liverpool with regards to a centre-back. Now, I'm not saying there hasn't been interest. I'm just saying what I was told is he's far down the list and Liverpool are highly unlikely to make a play for him to be the centre-back. We do need a left-sided centre-back. The club are aware of that and the club want to bring in a left-sided centre-back according to various reports. So let's wait and see there. Will it be Mickey van der Ven? Maybe. Will it be somebody else? Maybe. It won't be Oscar Gvardiol because, well, he's going to Manchester City like I told you guys about for a while. And that's pretty much where I'm at with regards to the latest in the centre-back search. I truly don't know. This is the one area of the pitch I'm really struggling to get a read on. Like, in midfield, pretty straightforward now, you know. It's one or the other or maybe both. But other than that, I don't know about centre-back. I really don't. People are saying Levi Colwell. Look, Liverpool are admirers. Everybody are admirers. But the ball is well and truly in Chelsea's court with regards to Levi Colwell because he's their player. And they're going to try and sit down with him, come to an agreement on maybe a new contract. Uh, but if he was available to be sold, I, I do believe Liverpool would be in the conversation, at least being interested. We don't have much cover on the left-hand side for Virgil van Dijk. So it makes sense that a left-sided centre-back or somebody who can play on the left side of centre-back 
is the option. Um, other bits and pieces today, as I mentioned earlier on, Steven Gerrard has now been confirmed as the manager of Al Etafak, which he ruled out a week ago, but now has changed his mind again. What was that? Sorry? Yeah, no, just got confirmed that there was another truckload of cash reversed up. They're going for the old Kylian Mbappe play there. Uh, and on that, can we all take a minute to just, you know, reflect on the poor situation poor Kylian Mbappe's in? I don't know if you've read this, but apparently he's in a, a golden cage. There's so much money that he's locked in with all this money and the poor little devil can't get a move anywhere because, well, he's locked in that golden cage. Here's the thing, though. He could kick that golden cage open if he wasn't such a greedy cunt, but he is. So there's no golden cage being cooked open because he wants the cash. He wants lots of cash. In fact, it's believed that he wants as much as 240 million to be the next package for him to go to a club. That is a lot of cheddar. That is about a million quid a week. The key is there to unlock the golden cage, but I don't think he has any interest in unlocking it. So can we all just take a minute just to... Just to think of the poor lad in this moment, you know, it must be such a struggle for him. I know all of us mere mortals going around having to prepay electricity and, you know, put a few quid in the car. But Killian's locked in a golden, a golden cage. So, you know, if ever you think you're having a bad day, just spare a moment for poor Killian. It is mad, like, isn't it? The, like, how are they trying to push that narrative in the media? That he's locked in a golden cage. Oh, boo-hoo. Boo bloody who. You've so much money you don't know how to get out of the situation. My heart fucking bleeds for you, mate. It bleeds for you. Should have gone for Pau Torres, uh, who's not at Villa and is a left-footed centre-back. I always had a little doubt about Pau Torres, Harris, um, and the Premier League. No doubt about him as a player. And hes I think he's been at Real since he was five or something like that. I read a piece on it the other day. Country Bob, thank you, my friend, for subscribing with Prime. Appreciate you. He said, I want to see Mark Gay from Palace. Do you know what? He was mentioned. He was. He was in the list a while ago, Country Bob. Now, I can't, you know, be a liar and say I've seen much more since, but it was a name that was mentioned, certainly. And I think, do you know, it was a name that was mentioned. And when it was mentioned and we discussed it, I think it was fairly positive from the audience about um, that possibility. This is where my... Lack of watching a lot of other Premier League clubs really comes in because I haven't paid attention to him at all. But profile-wise, I can see why it would make sense. Uh, apparently, Liverpool are out of the race for Ryan Gravenberg. So that has been reported today as well. I think it was Florian Plettenberg. Let me just see. Yes, Florian Plettenberg said, Ryan Gravenberg, Liverpool is definitely out of the race, but talks between the club and the players' management took place. Instead, Romeo Lavia is one of the priorities for Liverpool. Important to say, Gravenberg is not unsellable for Bayern. So, again, they are apparently willing to listen to offers for him. And you know what? I'm glad we're out of the race because I never, ever was convinced on Gravenberg. So, um, yeah, interesting. Now, there's, again, mixed reports about Bayern's interest in Thuram. Plettenberg is saying there's no interest. Others are saying Bayern are interested. I don't know. But I don't think we're going to get a free run at Lavia and Thuram. I think we will face competition. I'm very intrigued to see how we go about trying to, trying to find off that competition. So... Jamie said, Thiago can go if we get some money and somebody fills that gap. Uh, Matthew said, I've said it for a while, Thiago deserves one more chance to win a big trophy at Liverpool. 
there's only one real big trophy. That's the Premier League. Because if it's this season, I don't know if he classed the Europa League as a big trophy. But look, I'm fine either way. But I, if I was in Liverpool's position, I'd probably look to see if there was interest in Thiago. That's the honest answer for me. I just, I just don't see where he, he gets more than 15 games this season, 20 games max, if he's fit. So I love Thiago. It's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege having him at Liverpool Football Club. Really has. But I think we're evolving past needing him. So for me, if the offer came in, it was realistic. Um, and do you know what? I'd let him go on a free if, if needs be. I know people are going to disagree with me on that. And look, if you can get money, of course you'll take it. But getting those wages off the books, I wouldn't underestimate the impact that that could have on a potential other signing. You know, you're talking about 10 million quid a year in wages there. So that's quite a chunk. So if it was a realistic deal to take him away in Liverpool, maybe a few bob out of it. I wouldn't be against it. But again, and I can't emphasise this enough, I want whatever Klopp wants to happen. That's all I've ever wanted. Whatever Klopp wants to happen at the club, whoever he wants in and out, that's all I want. Uh, Craig, I would keep her best mid. Still has lots to offer and is amazing to watch. Taran Thiago. I've seen some sources say Liverpool open up contract talks with Matip. Yes, I read those as well today. Kind of came out of the blue, right? I still don't think that stops us bringing in a centre-back if Liverpool are looking to extend Matip. Be weird, though. And I, look, I like Joel, so I'm not against it. If if Jürgen wants to keep another centre-back around for a year or two, I, I'm honestly not against it. You know, when Joel Matip plays, I'm always comfortable. He mightn't be fit and available to play as much as we'd like. He mightn't be needed to play as much as he'd like. But I'm always relaxed when he's on the pitch. I don't have any issues with Joel. He had a bit of a sticky patch where he wasn't at his best. But ultimately, I think he's been a, a damn good signing for the club. The reason City win titles is because they have Thiago quality on their bench. But we had Thiago quality on our bench last year and it didn't help us much. And I would suggest like, if we brought in three midfielders... We'd have plenty of quality on the bench because we can only put four of them on the pitch at one time. Well, actually three of them, if you're looking at Trent being a right back inverted into midfield. And then you need a holding midfielder. So that's Fabinho by Cetic or a new signing. Ahead of that, you're most likely looking at Sobitzlai McAllister or uh, Jones and Sobitzlai or Jones and McAllister. So you're going to have Jordan Henderson on the bench a lot. You're going to have Elliot probably on the bench a lot. You're going to have... Um, Jones on the bench a lot so I think yeah, I, th I think I'll understand however this one plays out if Thiago is for sale and the Saudi league is interested in taking him can we not expect a bid from being the 30 million range if not more no I doubt it because he's got one year to go and he's he's getting on in age and we only paid 25 for him with one year to go on his deal at Bayern so well 25 and 5 in add-on so Look, if they, if somebody offered it, fucking right. But I wouldn't expect anything like that number. How do you feel about Liverpool only having one non-English position left after Subotsly? Do we need Lavia to fill the homegrown position? Well, Lavia wouldn't need to fill anything because he's 19. So if you brought somebody in of his age bracket, you don't have to worry about the homegrown quota yet. Now, when the time Lavia becomes 21, he will become a homegrown player. But he isn't at the minute, nor does he need to be. But yes, I can say, mate, that I haven't considered that that could be one of the big reasons why he's so sought after this summer. And with regard to the non-homegrown spots, it makes it even more baffling where the club gave Adrian a new deal then, doesn't it? But if you move on, Thiago, that also frees up another non-homegrown spot. So there is some uh, 
some pluses to that side of it as well. We need four centre-backs and Joel is much better than Gomez. We need minimum four, Tom, yes. And I would almost argue that if we went to continue this, what is looking like a back three in possession at least, you'd nearly add you'd need another centre-back. Five would be what I'd feel more comfortable with. Um, Seth van der Berg has one year to go on his deal. So if he goes out on loan somewhere, you'd expect Liverpool to agree a new deal with him before he goes out on loan. But yeah, I do think we'll bring in a centre-back. I just honestly haven't got a clue who it will be. Look, I know we'd all love Colwell. I think we can agree on that one. Do you think we should sell Gomez this summer? You can only sell if you're a willing buyer. And what Liverpool have at least done by giving Joe Gomez a new deal last summer was, or last year was, you know, at least hold his value. Because you're still talking about a relatively young fella who's had a horrendous time with injuries and a mixed bag at Liverpool. So, I, I can't see us selling. I can't see us selling any centre-backs at the moment. Um, maybe Matip if something worked out. But then again, as I said earlier on, there is reports that Liverpool are talking to Matip about a new deal. Gomez is awful. And I think he's 26. Gomez is awful. I mean, that's just plainly not true you can talk about him having uh, a mixed bag or not concentrating enough or ball watching or being caught out of position a little bit but to say he's awful it's just untrue it really is joe gomez on his day can be a damn good center back would i be pinning my my center back pairing on him no but i also have no problems with joe being at liverpool football club particularly with the cover he can give us at right back, where he's actually looked better for me than he has at centre-back. Here's where there is a bit of a disparity on the Kefren Thuram stuff. So you've got Florian Plettenberg speaking about the fact that he doesn't believe Bayern Munich are actually interested in Kefren Thuram. But you have Get French Football News saying, breaking initial contact between Kefren Thuram and Bayern Munich, more follows. I don't know who's correct and who's wrong in that scenario. You would hope that with France being out of the under-21 Euros now, that Liverpool, if they really wanted Thuram, would proceed at speed. Do you think we might be waiting to see if we can sign Colwell later on in the window? Potentially. Potentially, yes. Um, Chelsea had to get some business sorted and done before the end of the financial year, which was the last day of June. Hence the rush to get so many players out the door there very quickly. Colwell is open to the possibility of moving and staying, from what I can read. We've seen Brighton, where he was on loan, had an offer of 30 million turned down. They were going to go back with 40 million, but when I read the piece, it said that they felt they were wasting their time at that moment because it's really up in the air on Colwell. But do you know what? Of all the things we need, I do feel like if Liverpool monitor the market for a little bit longer and see how it plays, centre-back is the area. I think we can do that. I think we have a little bit of of wiggle room there, you know, because we've still got Sepp Vandenberg as a Liverpool player at the moment. Nat Phillips still at the club. And then we've got the four first-choice centre-backs. So certainly we can be a bit more patient in the centre-back search, but we do need one. We do need one for the left side. Uh, Van de Ven to Spurs looks very close now, said Craig Adams. The only way he goes to Spurs is if Liverpool don't want them. It, it re- I don't mean to run Spurs down, but that's the God's honest truth. If there's a decision to be made, he will go to Liverpool. It's it's pretty clear. Will be difficult to get Colwell, but I'd love him. Think he'd be perfect. I agree. And even go back to the start of this window a bit further, I was speaking about Colwell a lot because 
he would be he'd have no shortage of admirers or potential suitors in the Premier League. And also, yes, yeah, as, as the chats pointed out, Chelsea are looking for ridiculous sums of money for some of the players they're moving on. Um, you know, they pulled United's pants down over Mason Mount. Um and Liverpool won't listen to stupid fucking amounts that they're being linked with. Before we continue to talk about the transfer window, I just want to go back to something I touched on at the start of the stream. I said to you guys, I'd give you a, an oversight of the injuries sustained by Premier League clubs last season. So looking at this list of the total number of injuries that each club had, you can see how Chelsea ended up being in the mess that they're in. Because apart from the fact that they had I don't know, a Noah's Ark full of midfielders and defenders and players. They had more injuries than any other club in the Premier League. They had 48 injuries last campaign. Bottom of the list, Fulham. Fulham only had to deal with 19 injuries throughout the campaign. Liverpool feature quite highly up on the list, in all honesty. They're fourth, having sustained 36 injuries. Newcastle, with 39 injuries, were second. Forest, with 37 injuries, were third. Um, Arsenal, you can see why Arsenal had such a good campaign and why they were able to name, I think, an unchanged Premier League eleven in 20 of their games. Arsenal only had 22 injuries. And if you are in a title race, they're the little things that you need to go your way. You need to be injury-free. You need to be able to rely on the core group of players that are performing for you, and Arsenal were able to do that. Um, Manchester City were pretty much middle of the road. They had 27. Where's United on this list? Manchester United were just a little bit behind us. They had just a couple of injuries less. 34 injuries for Manchester United. Spurs had 35. So, yeah, it's just goes to show, again, you do need that little bit of luck if you're a club that's hoping to have a title race. And you look at the top of that, and we're fourth on the list, but Chelsea, Newcastle, Forest, Liverpool, Spurs, United, Leicester, Leeds... And Bournemouth all had more than 30 injuries to contend with. Uh, Chelsea, the only team to break the 40. Naby has had 17 of ours. I've never seen a gif more over the past month than Naby Keita on the stretcher going off. That, uh, that gif I've seen more than any other Liverpool gif over the last month. Keita and Thiago must have been most of our injuries, said Mark. Do you think Declan Rice will be the most expensive transfer this season in the Premier League? Yes. Unless somebody goes balls out for Oshuman, I can't see 105 million being beaten in this window by a Premier League club. Um, Josko Gvardiol's about 86, so a significant outlay, but that was always going to be the case for him. And how do you feel about that fee for, for Declan Rice? Like, there's two ways to look at it. You can say it's ridiculously high, but you can't deny that it's going to improve them. So if I'm a fan, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm sitting back, I'm going, I don't give a shite. We've got him. We've got Havertz, we look like they're about to get Thimber, Thimber, Timber, and they're still looking for a DM, another one. So Rice deals in trouble because of the payment structure. Is it? Is it? I thought I know. I knew that they were talking about how it was going to be discussed, but is it in trouble? Not worth more than sixty, said Emsnev. Uh, Harris said, in my opinion, offer most clubs one hundred and five mil for the best midfielders, and you can get them. Like even De Jong, who's clear of Rice, not a great signing. Even Caicedo, I think, around eighty million is overpriced, but a better deal than Rice. I agree on him being overpriced, hundred percent. But I'd still take him. I'd still have taken him at Liverpool in a heartbeat, but not for that money. 
Huge question, Lavia or Thuram, if you can only take one? So my answer to that question, buddy, is based on the fact that I, I know a bit more about Thuram. So I'd say Thuram, but I would say people in the know would probably think for our situation, Lavia might be a better fit. But I'm I'm happy to trust the club's scouting system um, and Jurgen's wishes. So I, I really don't know who'd be the better one. Thuram's probably the more uh, exciting one to me. Anyway, we need Lavia more, in my opinion. Again, Connor, it's very... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, very difficult to argue against the potential need to put pressure on Fabinho with another DM. So I totally get where you're coming from. Sell Thiago and get both Teram and Lavia. That's, that's what I'm dreaming about, Murky. That's honestly, is anybody else in that scenario where we're looking at the option of Thiago move and being a potential to get both because I'm a greedy SOB. I want both. And imagine, imagine the buzz if that happened. Like imagine our transfer window if we got four midfielders in. And yes, we would have lost Thiago, but whoo, that would uh, that would be amazing. Right, Craig, hypothetical, but would you rather Lavia and Thuram with no centre-back signing or no more midfielders but Gavardiol as the centre-back signing? No more midfielders with Gavardiol. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't lie, mate. And the answer is, is shit because we're not getting them, nor will we have a chance. But I can't lie, I would. I would absolutely take uh I would absolutely take Vardiol and the two midfielders we have because I feel like we could we could get by for a season and replace another midfielder next season. But yeah, look he, it looks like he's going to Manchester City based off everything. Vardiol would never come. Oh, he would come. I think if 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 the option was there for Vardiol, I, I very much believe he would come. I just don't think we have the capacity to go head to head with City at this moment in time because you know, they have a bigger pot of money because of... Well, look, I'm not... And I'm being sincere when I say this. They have an actual bigger pot of money because of all the stuff they've won last season. So the prize money alone, without even talking about any shenanigans, would be uh, enough to let them splash a bit on players in this window. And I think they, on paper, made a profit for the last window or two, if I'm not mistaken either. FOR77 underscore 21 said, I'm just worried... We will sign, say, five or six players this window, then won't sign anyone for nearly two years because FSG want to recoup the money. Well, do you know, I, I had a thought myself about that, mate. And I said, Craig, if this window, because I do refer to myself in the third person, Craig, if this window ends up with Liverpool bringing in three, four midfielders and a centre-back, 
would you be all right with very little business over the next coming years? And it's easy to sit here and say, yeah, I would be all right with it. But the truth is I don't know because everything would be dependent on how we play, how next season goes, what the injury situation looks like. But in theory, I guess this is what we're doing it for. We're doing it to push on. You know, the next likelihood of us needing a player is a potential mole replacement in a couple of years, maybe. Henderson in a year or so. And that's about it. You know, we don't need a whole lot for the future with, with what we have now. So, yeah, I, I don't even know if I'd be angry about it. Assuming we get Lavia and Thuram, that's a big fucking assumption. Uh, what's our best and worst positions? Uh, for me, reverse cowgirl, probably the worst. You know, it's just not... The... <laughs> Sorry, I'm a child. What's our best and worst positions? Well, you say midfield's pretty well stacked at that point. And I'd say our forward line is as good as any. Really. Salah, Diaz, Darwin, Jota, Nunes. That's a pretty impressive quintet of attackers. Jacob Steinberger said, PSG are pushing to beat Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester City to the signing of Celta Vigo's Gabriel Viega. I have to say... I think it's a stupid move for the kid. No, I don't think Liverpool have a need for him, so I'm not speaking about that. But I honestly think for him, he'd be best to move somewhere else than PSG because it hasn't... How do I phrase this? There isn't a lot of stability managerially at PSG. I don't think any player could go to PSG and know that they're going to have a manager for two, three, four years. If you look at the top clubs in the Premier League, you look at the clubs that are listed there. Chelsea, okay, they're a bit of an anomaly. They have a new manager, but a highly rated manager in Pochettino. Liverpool, very steady on the managerial front. City, very steady on the managerial front. And if you throw Arsenal in there as well, again, with Arteta, pretty steady. So I just don't think it's a good move for him, unless it's about the bag. But I'd suggest if he's good enough, he'll get money wherever he goes. Uh, Florence Plettenberg said Romeo Lavia is one of Liverpool's priorities. Then there was a piece that came out that said Liverpool will internally discuss a move for Thuram this week. This is on the LFC Josh Twitter account. If you want to give him a follow, it's at JoshLFC1909. How are we, Josh, by the way, if you're watching? I hope you're well. Said there's also informed on the conditions of the deal for Mayalavi, but it's not time for a bid just yet, said Fabrizio Romano there via caught offside. We've already spoken about Thiago. Um, ben Jacob said Liverpool are set to seriously explore a move for Romeo Lavia this week Liverpool are using the £40 million buyback clause is, is Manchester City have on them as a yardstick for valuation then on the Anfield agenda Twitter account there's one from uh, at Santi underscore J underscore FM said Chelsea have submitted a contract proposal to Romeo Lavia Liverpool have met his representatives on several occasions in recent weeks but Southampton have not yet received an official offer did you see this horseshit valuation of goalkeepers, by the way, that was put out there? Um, I think it's from Transfermarkt. But apparently, Alison Becker is only the 10th most valuable goalkeeper in the world. Like, that, that's just nonsense. So to give you a rundown of the list, according to this list, the most valuable goalkeeper in the world is Porto's Costa with a valuation of €45 million. Euro. Then it's Donnarumma, who's valued at the same. Mannion, who's a very fine goalkeeper at um, AC Milan, again at 45 million. Courtois, who's a year older than Allison, is apparently worth 10 million more, again at 45 million. Ramsdale, 
according to this list, is worth more than Alison Becker. Fuck me. Um, Ederson. So the B-Tech version of Alison is worth more than Alison. Uh, just get your head around that one. Then Koble is in there at 35 million as well. Onana at 35 million. All Black is still above Alison. And then comes out Alison Becker, the 10th place on the list. Fuck you and your list. Alison Becker is, without a shadow of a doubt, going head-to-head with Thibaut Courtois as the best and most valuable keeper in the world. And anybody who dares to think differently is deluded. Deluded. You can put Mannion in there as closing that gap, absolutely. But on what list is Jan Oblak better than Alisson? In what world is he worth more? Because it's not even about the ages. Because you look down this list, yes, the top two are 23 and 24. But after that, there's 30, 31, 29, 27, 30, 30. I don't get it. I do not get it. So apparently Alisson's lost value since we've bought him. He's worth half what we paid for him, maybe a bit less. Are you losing the plot? These can only be bait, these lists, because there's no rhyme or reason to that. Our Pickford isn't in there, thankfully, so you know we don't have to discuss that level of delusion. Like, if I had to put a valuation on Alison Becker right now, I'm not selling him for less than 80 million. Not a hope. Like, 30 for a goalkeeper is, is not old. There's another six, seven years left in him. In fact, I'd seen Gianluigi Buffon has just received an offer to go and play and continue his career in Saudi Arabia. So I don't know what age Buffon is, but he's still playing football, and I, I know he's certainly past 40. Where did De Gea come? He wasn't on the list. He wasn't on the top 10 anyway. The list is only 10. So it's Costa, Donnarumma, Mannion, Kurtois, Ramsdale, Ederson, Coble, Onana, Oblak, and Allison. That's the top 10. I wonder if this list is based on the remaining years of the contract. Even at that, Alisson's got a long-term deal, mate, at Liverpool. If my memory's right from last night's stream, I think 2027 for Alisson Becker. So, still got plenty of time in his contract as well. But look, ask yourselves this question, honestly. Would you swap our man for anybody on that list? I wouldn't. And there's some fine keepers on the list, don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't swap Ali for any of them. I rate Courtois. I rate Mannion. I rate some of the other keepers on that list, but nah, wouldn't swap Airman, not a chance. Exactly, I knew you guys would be the same. That would be swappy alley. Now, who do you think's the top three keepers in the world? I'm going to go Alison Courtois Mannion. Not a single person mentioned Manuel Neuer, Craig. He'll be back from injury soon. I guess he's been up and down, though. Like, Manuel Neuer is one of the best of our generation, without a shadow of a doubt. There was a a time there where Manuel Neuer was undoubtedly the best in the world. You know, not even close to him. But he's not been the same. He's fallen off a bit. Um, and I still wouldn't swap Ali. Uh, Craig, have you heard anything about this rumour Klopp talked to Colwell last week? No. But I can absolutely tell you that Colwell is somebody the club are admirers of. Um, I have not got the information to say he spoke with him or not. Honestly, I don't know. I'd love that to be the case, Mickey. But look, he's right at the top of my list. If Levi Colwell's available, it just works. Um, but I just see Chelsea demanding more than we'd be willing to pay if they're willing to let him go. Uh, Craig, I think we might not sign a centre-back with Matip's 
extension and there's not been any solid centre-back links. I think Colwell is an exception if he's available, but I think Chelsea won't sell. I'm worried because the defence are shaky last season. I think VVD's position needs to be competed with because Canadi was the best centre-back. I'm with you 100%, Harris. I think we need to bring in a left-sided centre-back regardless of what happens. And we're looking... And I would be very surprised if we end this window without signing a centre-back. But I'd be honest and say, I don't know who the answer is going to be. But I can say that I was told Inacio is unlikely. LM Marathi said, Thiago's injury-prone track record will make it hard to get any decent money from. I agree. I never thought we'd get a big fee or any fee maybe for Thiago, mate. I was I was willing to, to just get him off the books if you know both parties wanted a move. I'm not trying to kick Thiago at the door. But yeah, if you clear 200 grand a week, that's 10 million quid a year. 10 million quid a year that you can put into another player. So I wouldn't be against it. Craig, if you could reverse time and change our decision to walk away from the Jude deal, would you do it? No. I think I've put my hands up on this one, mate, and said, with the way the window's panning out for us, I think we're doing the right thing. I am. Or I do, sorry. For me... 95 million being spent so far is 95 million masterfully spent and the idea of bringing in a dm or a thuram or both would be incredible so no as much as i was very very saddened about the bellingham situation we've we've done really well like they haven't just been blown smoke about looking to invest the money more broad and bring in more players they've done it so happy days I would take Lavia over Thuram and seeing him play his class. He's only 19, homegrown, but wouldn't pay 45 max. I, I, I can't give you an opinion on Lavia because I really don't know what about him. I wonder if Kone hadn't got his injury, if the interest there was, was serious or if we were always kind of just on the periphery, on the edges around Kone. If we do move Thiago on, that, that at least does free up another non-homegrown place. And then you could potentially look at somebody outside of the english system if um if you can't get lavia right breaking news i've got a bit of breaking news for you coming from the mail al etifak are ambitiously targeting jordan henderson as a big name signing for new boss stephen gerrard but the liverpool captain still has two years to run on his anfield deal now i have to say I can't see Klopp sanctioning that at all. Thiago's one thing, but you've just lost James Milner's leadership in the dressing room. I can't for a second see Klopp allowing Hendo to leave. I can't. That's interesting. I just, I would be amazed if Klopp, despite what we might think about the player or whatever, I just can't see Klopp sanctioning that one. Losing two big, big leaders in one summer. And then you've got Bobby, of course, as well. Oh, from a foot, like from just a purely footballing perspective, I wouldn't hate it because I think Hendo's best days are behind him. But his role at the club is about more than just on the pitch. So I'd be amazed. But let's see. Let's wait and see how this pans out. So going off, again, I'm reading between the lines here, but going off what this mail piece says, it says, but Liverpool captain still has two years to run in his Anfield deal. So it feels to me like they're interested, but they don't want to pay a transfer fee. So if Liverpool were to, let's say, rip up Hendo's contract, 
they'd be interested. So let's wait and see. Because uh, there's been not as many fees being paid for older players. Like Neves, there was a big fee paid. I can't see them paying it for Henderson. I think that would have to be a case of maybe them hoping Liverpool would rip up his contract. But I, again, as I said, I can't see Jurgen Klopp sanctioning that. Interesting story, though. When I read it, when I seen it coming in from Connor, I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be about Thiago. But no. Are you concerned about the amount of players we've been letting go on a free? Keita, it was a pain in the arse. It didn't work out. Milner, I've no issues with letting him go on a free. Bobby, do you know what? For him, I think it's right to let Bobby go on a free. And let Bobby make the decision on the next and probably final chapter in his career. So I actually like that the club have done that with Bobby. Mane, I feel like that could have been handled a bit better. Maybe moved him on a season earlier for a higher fee if they were going to move him on rather than lose them like we did for 30, 35 million euro. But other than that, I'm not too fussed. I think you've got a lot of big wages off the book. Milner, 140, I think, a week. Bobby, about 180, 200 a week. Keita, I think it was about 80 grand, maybe 100 grand. That's a lot of money. So moving them on for free, it clears a lot of the, the wage books. That article also included Aubameyang. Yeah, so I've seen Aubameyang loads of links, but nothing concrete of where he's actually going to go. I see Thiago leaving more than Henderson. Yeah, that w- it would make far more sense to uh, to allow Thiago to go than, than Hendo. But quick question. If Hendo did leave, and I don't think he will, but if he did leave, who do you think becomes the captain? Mo? Robbo? Verge? I, I wouldn't put it in Verge, personally. I don't think Verge wants the headache of being Liverpool captain. Because, you know, I've already seen him openly admit that he struggled with the leadership of the Netherlands and Liverpool. For me, it would be Robbo or, or Salah. I'd lean to Robbo because I feel like Salah mightn't get into the ref's ear as much as Robbo would. But then again, Robbo might rub referees up the wrong way more than Mo, who's far more respectful in the way he goes about things. Um, right, so let's see what you guys think. Uh, Mr. Hazzy said VVD, dead. Reed said Verge. Josh said Robbo. Ali. I don't like my keeper being a captain. I like my captain to be somewhere out on the pitch and not back where he can't really communicate his thoughts. You know, a forward can jog back or a centre-back can talk to people in and around their half of the pitch, but a keeper, he's got to pass on messages a lot of the time. Uh, Robbo or Ali said 58 Water King. Robbo for Connor the Red. Robbo for John. Robbo for PJ. Robbo for uh, Sakoka Games. I'd want Robbo to be captain, said Reaper. I would rather Hendo leaves before Thiago might be a bad take. I don't mind losing Henderson from a footballing perspective, but from a leadership, from a role model, from a setting of standards, um, I think we'd be losing a lot there. Trend to Robbo, said Scrambled Egg. Robbo for Adam the Dude. Armagh Red said Robbo, purely for a shithousery. Robbo or Trent said Adzer. Uh, Jens said Captain Nunes. Darwin has a big fight in his hands this season. And he needs to he needs to come out swinging and make a statement in pre-season. Because right now, he's not in the starting eleven. You know, you're looking at Lucho on the left, Salah on the right, and Gakpo for the middle. Jordan has no... I, I don't know what that word you're trying to say is, mate. You don't need to block it out. You can swear away on here. Uh, you don't think Hendo is a leader. Actions speak louder than words, and he hasn't played well in 18 months. Um, I, I won't at all try to argue that his best days are behind him. I think they are. Uh, LM already said, uh, 
Men like Milner and Hendo need to keep players disciplined in training and outside the pitch. They're expelled vital in maintaining the team morale and keeping them all together. I absolutely agree with you there, pal. Um, yeah, I don't think you can underestimate those standard bearers like Milner and Henderson. And I'm very much with you on that one. Um, because they do crack the whip, for want of a better phrase. They do um, hold people to account. Unpopular opinion, what about Gakpo for captain? Maybe a couple more years into his Liverpool career. For me, again, just purely on what I'd be thinking, Robbo, Salah, I could understand the thought for VVD. Um, I'm unsure on Trent. I'm unsure if he needs that bullshit. You know, it'd be a pleasure and a pr- privilege, I'm sure, for him, but a lot goes along with being captain. And I wonder if Trent's best just, you know, enjoying concentrating his career. Ebu in a couple of years will definitely be a contender for me. You know, he has that presence and that aura about him, Ebu. You know, an arm around the shoulder when needs be, a stern word. Yeah, I could see Ebu at some point. Do you think Mo is more of a role model than Hendo? I think they're both extremely impressive men in that regard. You know, um, Mohamed Salah is, is just a role model, full stop, on, on every aspect. You know, how he looks after himself physically, um, how he carries himself as a as a fella. But I would say the same of Jordan Henderson. You know, he's, he's an exceptional man. And, yeah, both of those gentlemen are two role models that just deserve all the praise that go their way. Uh, Reaper said, I'd say Rob will be captain. He's a Scottish stereotype down to a T. I think if you disobeyed him, he'd be a nasty piece of work. But otherwise, he keeps everybody happy and smiling. Rob will be my choice, personally. Mo would be next. The only reason I'd lean to Robbo is the shithousery. And I could feel he'll get in the ref's ear more. But that might be counterproductive. I don't know. Maybe the respectful nature of Mo might be something the refs would take to better. I don't know on that one. I'm hopeful Robbo will step up at the end of last season. We saw poor Robbo going forward defensively, which was usually known for being strong in both forwards and back. And maybe Andy Robertson, if we shift to a back three, will find it a bit easier because he won't have to get forward. What prompted you to start Anfield Agenda? I used to have a podcast that I started many, many moons ago. And I always loved podcasts, but what you never got with podcasts was feedback immediately or interaction. And Connor said to me uh, five years ago, why don't you try YouTube? And I said, firstly, I don't know anything about YouTube. I didn't really watch much stuff on YouTube. And I felt like I was too old for YouTube because then I would have been, what, 36, 37? And I just felt like, you know, I'd be laughed off YouTube because I'd be too old. But I caved in, did a stream, didn't know what to do because, you know, I haven't watched football content. So did a stream and I just started chatting with people. That's all I did. Chatting with people about football, about Liverpool. And they used to be three and a half hours long, the streams. And eventually, over the years, I've kind of honed my skills a little bit and uh, but i copped on to one thing not enough people are interactive not enough people give the audience a part in the show and too many people like to listen to their own voice i love you guys doing the work for me i love the interaction um and it, i love the support uh it's, it's made me a better person so yeah 
Didn't think I'd end up on YouTube, but very glad Connor talked me into it. Look, I'm going to go and call it a night, my friends. I will see you guys tomorrow. But don't forget, from Friday, I will be taking a week off live streaming. So, yeah, next few days we'll have plenty more streams. But I will catch up with you then. Much love. Thank you to everyone tonight. And um, as always, no offense was ever intended to anybody. I hope you all enjoyed interacting with uh, the rest of the community. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Much love. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 